Hello, welcome to Stump Death and Taxes. This is Meep, also known as Mary Pat Campbell. I'm a life actuary. And again, because people do ask, Meep is my nickname from my initials MP, Mary Pat. I picked it up in high school, and because it's so fun to say Meep, 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 it kind of stuck to me and I can't get rid of it. So I'm Meep everywhere. Or Meep Bo Beep from the name game, you know, Meep, 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 Bo Beep, Banana Fana Fo Feep. Yeah, that one. Um, so <laughs> on on Twitter slash X, I'm Meep Bo Beep. Uh, anyway, I'm Mary Pat Campbell, and uh, the blog is Stump. Uh, that comes from Stu, my silent partner, my husband. Um, and he may have a project in the new year, but he won't be on Stump because it'll be, you know, very different uh, if he goes forward with it. Uh, and MP is me. Um, but it's marypatcampbell.substack.com is the substack. And let's look back at where Meep has been. That is me. Uh, this past year in 2023, oh, let's focus on Stump and in particular the growth with the subscribers at the end of 2022, there was 624 subscribers. And then according to the Substack stats, there's 1,354 subscribers. So thanks all y'all for subscribing. And of course, that's all free. And I always intend this content to be free, mainly because, well, you know, I want people to read the stuff. I want people to, you know, I, I like to bloviate, I like to run my mouth, and I like to write, and I've been, you know, spewing forth content for decades. And I do appreciate, I really appreciate that you are giving me your attention. So no, I'm not charging you for that. So Yes, there are paid subscriptions and those grew quite a bit as well. But yes, that's a much smaller group of people. And I know I'm not saying the number. Um, and I do use that money to uh, go for the uh, software licenses on my personal laptop. So I use Camtasia, which is uh, software for editing the audio and any video I make. And it's a little pricey, not, you know, I've been using Camtasia for years, but it does help with that. I do have my old website, marypat.org, though I do apologize, uh, Wombat Sergio, um, that's one of my friends who had been going to stump.marypat.org, which has existed since 2014. But I kind of, you know, with Substack and, Unfortunately, the software on the old website is very, very deprecated. And um, Stu has to kind of, you know, fix it with duct tape and, you know, hammer it together every so often. And at a critical point, it failed during 2023. And I stopped mirroring. And there's so many manual processes involved with it. It was not a priority. Um if I can figure out how to automate uh, mirroring the stump.marypat.org, mirroring the Substack posts, I will get back to it um, because I really do want to have it on marypat.org. And there are ways I know 
um, to have it not on the Mary Pack um, um, that I could pay for Substack.com to have that on marypat.org, but you know, I'm kind of wary. So we'll, we'll see about that. Um, I don't need to get in all the tech crap. So that's been growing. And I want to tell you, I don't really do a lot of promos myself. Unfortunately, you know, I put stuff on LinkedIn. Actually, I get a lot of responses on LinkedIn. I have quite the network and some of my involvement, and I do want to talk about this a little bit with the insurance collaboration to save lives. And there will be more about that in 2024, I'm sure. Um, that I'm getting more of a response to my mortality post. But Stump is not only about mortality. Uh, I do want to talk about my top four, and I'm not doing top five uh, just because I'm lazy. Now I'm just doing my top four posts from 2023. And this is according to Substack, getting the most views. The top one, which doesn't surprise me at all, is my top causes of death by age group. And these are just the counts. Um, and I mean, it does have the, I'm sorry, it does have the rates as well. Uh, and this is using the finalized statistics for 2021. And I did this January 11th, 2023. I'm going to talk about this in a moment. And in the show notes, I will link to all of these, um, posts so people can look at these top four posts. Uh, so it does take time for the CDC to finalize death statistics. This was true before COVID. And unlike many of the supposed mortality experts uh, that have sprouted up during the pandemic, I have been looking at these ranking tables on Stump in my old stump.marypad.org for years because I am a life actuary and mortality risk is kind of our thing. Um, and to a certain extent, I will admit a lot of life actuaries did not look or have not looked at the causes of death, though all cause mortality has been, of course, a big thing for us. Um, that said, the Society of Actuaries, and I was on um, some of the project oversight groups pre-pandemic, were looking at the trends for different causes of death because we're trying to project into the future. Not all causes of death were improving for all groups, and we were noticing this. This is something, and so I'm bringing a little different perspective into this insurance collaboration to save lives. Everyone is focusing, of course, on the very acute crisis that occurred during the pandemic. And this post, Top Causes of Death in 2021, is a perfect example because that was the worst pandemic year. COVID had that had the, its highest numbers. Um, coming in at the third uh, cause of death. And uh, if you look at my ranking tables, it was the top cause of death of the rankable causes of death for those age 45 to 54. And that's my age group. So that got my attention. Um, so yeah, that's you know, one of the things that we see. Now, what's interesting, and this is something that over the years, I've also gotten involved with four children, like under age 15. So I don't 
get into the teenagers. COVID is you know, way down on the list of causes of death, things that are ranked much higher. So let's look at the, I would say, core kid group, age five to 14. Causes of death that rank higher are accidents, cancer, suicide, homicide, congenital anomalies, and heart disease, um, much more than COVID. This was the worst COVID year in the U.S., and there were only 142 COVID deaths. And I, again, not getting down this rabbit hole, all of this is underlying cause of death. This has to be the primary cause of death. So this is not with COVID. This is from COVID. Um, and that's why it's so low. For children, very, very few died from COVID. It's more the old folks who are dying from COVID. And even there, cancer and heart disease were the top two, as it usually is. Now, um, I just want to mention, it usually takes more than a year. That's why it was January 11th before I had uh, the finalized stats. I wait for the finalized stats from the CDC and then poof, there they are. Uh, and it usually doesn't come in until beginning of January. I understand, I have heard from the CDC that there is a delay for the finalized 2022 statistics. Um, there are some problems with one of the jurisdictions. I don't know which one they didn't say. They don't want us, you know, I, I had something in mind and I don't know why it was just something popped in my mind. But anyway, um, it doesn't matter. It looks like I might not be able to get such a table till either late in January, I don't know, maybe even February, it depends on how long it takes for them to get that straightened out. So just an FYI. So that was my number one from 2023. So that one was from January. And that one can come up because it, it gets linked all throughout the year. You know, someone wants to talk about 2021, especially if it involved the pandemic. Well, uh, my number two came in October. And it probably was because uh, <laughs> it got linked from a variety of things and, um, you know, I uh, name dropped. So this is geeking out, replicating Nate Silver's COVID in partisanship and then scare quotes work. Yeah, so I have been trying to stay away from a lot of the mortality and, oh, the right wing people are dying. Uh, post because a lot of those studies have problems to say the least. And it's because it's almost all tied to vaccination rates, period. And then trying to link it to um, partisanship gets a little dicey because of there's a specific, um, there is a specific research paper and that uh, I have looked at and I wanted to get at its specific data, which I haven't gotten yet. Um, and that's not even what's going on in this Nate Silver thing, but it's, it's a linear <laughs> regression where I removed one of the um, extreme points and uh, you know, that was okay. But uh, you know, there was all sorts of things that I found a very strong relationship that only had to do with vaccination status. If that explains it, there you go. 
You don't need to put partisanship in there at all. Um, you've got something that, uh, you know, just use vaccination status to begin with. You don't need to even say, oh, it's because you're right wing or left wing. It's whether you're vaccinated or not and old. That's it. <laughs> because it was mainly people over the age of 65 dying from COVID. And just look at the percent of people over age 65 who are vaccinated. You don't even have to go to left, right, this, that, or the other. Just go straight to the causal variables. Once you start trying to get into all these other things, I mean, you can do that separately. But um, anyway, that was number two. So we the top two were COVID related. <laughs> well, that's going to be in, you know, the rear view mirror coming up in 2024, I would hope. Number three. This one comes from August, who will bail out Chicago. And this is one to look forward to for 2024. Um, in 2023, I was very heavy on the mortality posts. I know because, of course, I had the finalized 2021. Things were coming down. Uh, I had the 2022 data was getting close to finalized. I could look at that. COVID had basically got extinguished by the end of 2022 as a major mortality cause. However, I was seeing that excess mortality continue even after uh, COVID was gone. So, you know, that was one theme going out through 2023 that I was really focusing on the mortality, obviously. And that's, you know, my insurance collaboration to save lives and my activity there. However, with the end of the pandemic and all of that stimulus money that was, you know, driving inflation and all of that, a lot of those, let's dump a bunch of federal cash on all sorts of people is coming to an end. And that's going to have an effect. Let's go to my number three post from 2023, who will bail out Chicago. From August 10th, 2023, it starts out with Chicago is deep in debt. As the little red hen might ask, who will help Chicago get out of that hole? And of course, the reason Chicago is in that hole is not because Texas is shipping a bunch of illegal immigrants there or refugees or whatever they're slapping the label on right now. A huge portion of Chicago's debt has built up over decades in the form of the pension promises to various groups. You've got the municipal employees' pensions, police and fire, and the teachers' pensions, of course. Um, from Elizabeth Bauer, who's a different actuary, uh, mentioned that the Equable Institute, so this is different from the Truth and Accounting Group, had their 2023 version of their state of pensions report and looked at the funded ratios. And this is before <laughs> the new measure that we're looking forward to for um, this low default risk measure that we're waiting for. But 
this is with, uh, yeah, you can discount at 7%. And the official funded ratios using these pretty high discount rates, municipal employees is like, you know, 21% funded. Chicago police, 22% funded. Chicago fire, 19% funded. Um, when you look at the amount of money now, the Chicago teachers plan is a lot more funded on a percentage basis than those other plans. And it's a lot bigger than the other plans. Um, so 42% funded, uh, but you know, this is really, you know, these are promises that they're supposed to fulfill. They are getting strained right now. Not because, of course, the benefits are due right now, but because these are getting in the acid death spiral uh, kind of area where they could run out of assets. But this is, you know, not going further into the post. I'll do a link in the show notes and you can take a look at it yourself. Um you know, Illinois is in no condition to bail out Chicago. It needs a bailout itself. And we're going to be looking to the federal government. It's not just going to be Chicago. I mean, New York City is also asking for money. All sorts of groups are asking for money from the federal government uh, because all of those pandemic funds will be cut or have been cut off, I should say. And that cash is run out or running out and there's going to be a variety of walls that various municipalities and states are running into so this is going to be very interesting in 2024 i believe other issues and we're seeing this with you know the various border crossings from mexico um, being used to maybe obfuscate the issue you're like, oh, you know, this is a money strain, but the huge money strain are the promises that were made decades ago. And this is money owed that there is a very low funded ratio. This is for benefits already earned, not for benefits yet to be earned. Uh, so, you know, this is debt that is going to keep on accruing. Anyway, that was number three. And the final one, number four, that I'm going to uh, do is yet another of my mortality posts. And it's a little different. This is deaths from heat and cold. Uh, deception and update for the U.S. 1999 through 2022. Now, this is a little different. Um, there is a cause of death of exposure to weather, exposure to heat and exposure to cold. And I've mentioned several times before, cold kills a lot faster than heat does. And it has to do with the range of heat we currently get. And people generally can get away from the heat. Um, and yes, we do have air conditioning. But in, in general, you know, it's hot. You just sit still and you don't do nothing. Um, that's what we did when I was growing up in Savannah when I was a kid. Uh, I remember just one child being unwise most of us would stand underneath the oak trees enjoying the Spanish moss and just, you know, you do the jump rope once a minute. 
you know, something like that. Yeah, it looks really lazy, and that's because if you're a little too vigorous, there are consequences. There was one child um, who had heat stroke and had to go to the hospital because I think this child, you know, decided, oh, I'm going to run around while it's really, really hot. You know, it got into, you know, over 100 degrees. That was pretty common when I, you know, this is in the 1970s, late 1970s, early 1980s. Um, and actually every year I was used to it being over 100 degrees in August, definitely, and probably also September. So yeah, you stayed out of the sun if you can. We had the oak trees, but it still would be very hot and you'd be, it was very, very humid. Um, so even sweating didn't help much. So you knew you'd just kind of stand there and fan yourself. That's why Southerners have that uh, reputation of being lazy. And we did not have, have air conditioning in a lot of the buildings. Um, we had a lot of old buildings. Now that was the 1970s and 1980s, but as there's been more development, especially Savannah. So that, those were the years Savannah was kind of a <laughs> crap hole. Um, but that did get developed and I think they have AC now. And that's why all the Yankees invaded again. Um, but in that post about heat and cold deaths, First, it was to take a very deceptive graph uh, that somebody fixed. It wasn't me. Bjorn Lomberg fixed it. Uh, there were two different scales that were using very different magnitudes on a horizontal scale to deceive people in terms of how many, you know, how excess deaths were affected by cold and heat. And it was in Europe. Uh, not the U.S. And I decided to pull the U.S. heat and cold deaths because that was something I like to do. And cold and heat deaths did increase in 2020 and 2021. And I believe 20, I think I did uh, graph it through 2022. Sure did. And what's interesting is looking at the age distribution will give you an idea somewhat how these deaths may be occurring because the cold deaths are very skewed towards older age groups. And, um, and that's just in numbers. If you look at rate, it's very skewed towards old age groups and heat there's kind of a bimodal, um, so you don't get this with cold, but you do get this with heat. Uh, with heat, there is a bimodal uh, distribution almost uh, for death rate by heat. So I will quote myself. I will note that the elderly are the most vulnerable to both heat and cold deaths, except that infants and toddlers are also vulnerable to deaths by heat. One can think for a moment about stories of small children who die due to heat from being left in vehicles, and that's enough thinking about that. But let us think about the elderly being the most vulnerable to both cold and heat deaths. One of the reasons the rate of both types of death were increasing could be an increasing of very old people, especially old people who don't have anybody to care for them. They may be helpless to care for themselves and then die in the cold or the heat. I can imagine that many elderly people lost their caretakers during the pandemic. And I believe I've seen evidence, not just for the cold and heat, but various, you know, increase in deaths of neglect or things where 
older people lost their ride, uh, you know, to healthcare treatment or just lost monitoring. They don't have the wherewithal to live on their own. A lot of people are not in nursing homes or they don't really need nursing homes, but they do need to have somebody around. But because we don't really live in the extended family uh, living situations anymore, they don't have, you know, they're living by themselves and they don't have somebody who checks in on them, uh, perhaps, especially during the pandemic. People lost their spouses. People lost caretakers. People lost their support system during the pandemic. And again, I'm going to just beat that home with the insurance uh, collaboration to save lives. Um, that there's, it's a multi-dimensional problem in terms of why mortality increased during the pandemic. Some of these, it's a matter of social networks, not the kind online, but really physically in space and time uh, that were destroyed. Um, so that needs some rebuilding for a variety of people at a variety of ages. And that has had an effect on different causes of death uh, and at different age uh, groups. So those were my posts. I do actually have a few more things to round out this episode. So first, I had a spinoff this year of Sumo Stats. Um, I decided to create a new substack to put all my Sumo content I wanted to keep Stump based off of kind of more my public finance, public pensions, and the mortality trends, and then keep all the sumo-related things in one place. So you can go over to Sumo Stats, and I'm really <laughs> uh, nerding out with the sumo stuff um, I'm trying a couple different things with regards to data science. I'm doing some cluster analysis of the top Rikshi, and I'm just trying, I'm just letting my freak flag fly with regards to Sumo over there um, and let myself uh, run free with that one. And uh, now that it's the close of the year, so a little Catholic content, being Catholic myself, I just finished the Catechism in a Year podcast, uh, which this was their first year of doing it. Uh, and in 2022, I did Bible in a Year podcast. It's the same publishers. It's uh, Ascension Press, and it's Father Mike Schmitz, who's the host, the person who's doing it both times. And I highly recommend both podcasts. Uh, if, you know, if you're Catholic, if you're Christian, if you're interested in Catholicism, whatever, um, you know, go check them out. Highly recommend. I was doing RCIA around the time, um, you know, and I, yes, you know, people might ask, blah, blah, blah. no, I, I grew up Catholic. It's just, I didn't do confirmation until I was an adult for reasons. I was a little snot when I was a teenager. That's the reason. Um, so the catechism, the recent catechism in the 1990s, when that came out, I got to do RCIA with that. So I remember that. And the Catechism in a Year podcast is very reasonable. Uh, the daily episodes are, you know, like what, 15 minutes long, not very long. And it goes just a few paragraphs from the Catechism each 
day and Father Mike Schmitz explains what's going on. And there's a prayer at the beginning of each podcast. It's you know, very easy to follow. And every so often he has an extra episode that's separate and you don't have to listen to it, but it's, he, he brings someone in to provide some context for that pillar of the catechism. So highly recommend that. And speaking of pillars, there is a Catholic, um, publication called The Pillar, and I am a paying subscriber to this, and this will be of most interest to Catholics because it is basically Catholic journalism, and highly recommend that as well. You can read it for free. They do have some content that is available only to paying subscribers, uh, but the best stuff that they do, they're investigative reporting. And I might write something about the financial scandal that was in the Vatican, because there's certain aspects of it uh, that touch on, um, I mean, just financial controls and governance uh, that like in the insurance industry that I find very interesting. So um, they have been, you know, really deep dive there. And that's my interest. <laughs> that's my interest. But I have some under other interests there. They actually do some statistics and graphs as well, but uh, they'll do some personal interest pieces and uh, explainers. It's It was founded and is run by two canon lawyers. So you've got that aspect, but there's other people involved as well doing reporting and writing for the publication. So highly recommend The Pillar and I recommend um, the Ascension Press's Catechism in a Year podcast. So those are my Catholic recommendations if you're looking for something to do in 2020. And that's been 2023. It's been busy for me, obviously, hoping to be even busier. I'm not really hoping. I know I'm going to be even busier in 2024. We'll see what it brings. I'm expecting possibly less on the mortality front. I still have some cleanup to do on the mortality uh, organizational post. I know I'm missing some posts in there, so I'll fix that sucker up. And, um, you know, there there's some things I have planned uh, while I'm waiting for the finalized 2022 statistics. And there's stuff coming in for 2023 that we can look at while we wait as well. But it's I think 2024 is going to be the year for fi public finance. Um, well, for me, it will at, at any rate. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other crazy stuff going on, as all all of us know. Oh, man, not looking forward to that stuff. But if you come here, you know I'm going to be focused like a laser on all of the public finance, all the public pensions and mortality here at Stump. So I hope it's been a good 2023 for you and Happy New Year for 2024. Bye. Talk to you all later.